Welcome to the latest version of ASME TechCast, where we bring you the innovators, the innovations, and the issues that push the envelope of engineering. I'm John Kozowatz, Senior Editor of Mechanical Engineering Magazine and ASME.org. And I'm speaking today with Steven Kurtgarski, Senior Manager of Global Ergonomics and Virtual Human Simulation for General Motors. And we're going to discuss the development and use of ergonomic tools on the manufacturing floor. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, John, for having me. Thanks for being here. Specifically now, GM has been developing, along with NASA, a glove to strengthen the human grip and basically a soft exoskeleton for the hand. Could you describe the system and how it will help improve productivity and help workers? John, so this has been a long time coming. Some collaboration with NASA and General Motors dates back to the early 2000s where GM partnered with NASA to really look at the first generation Robonaut and look at leveraging synergies between the organizations and how we could potentially look at robotic assistance in space. And obviously there was a lot of collaboration that time frame. And one of the I would call it side spin-offs of, of that collaboration was this robo hand or a robo glove that we called at that time. As we got into manufacturing and leveraged our manufacturing engineering resources, we looked at some opportunities to leverage that technology to help our workers on the floor and potentially enhance our manufacturing operations. And through a temporary licensing agreement with some outside suppliers with BioServo, we were able to grow and develop a more practical solution, which we call this Iron Hand Glove. Now, BioServer is the Swedish firm that came into the picture to commercialize the product, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Exactly. We've been working hand-in-hand -hand with them on basically making it a production intent device and making it usable on, in a manufacturing environment. So how would you describe the system? So from a high-level standpoint, it is basically a grasp assist. It's what we call in ergonomic terms, and you've seen in a lot of the literature are talking about exoskeletons. This is an active exoskeleton that's supporting our team members in that it's got an embedded power assist that comes from a battery versus passive exoskeletons that do not have or supply any direct power from an external source. So this is powered by a battery pack and ultimately it mimics the the activity of tendons in your in your forearm and really transmits a force from a series of pulleys in this backpack power pack that basically pull through a tendon and when the sensors in your fingers feel a force or grasp or touch um, an object the tendons constrict similar to how we do it and if you're flexing your forearm and the power in those artificial tendons are basically transmitted into a grip force to hold and support the object that you've actually grasped. So just imagine a one-piece solution with a small backpack or hip carry that has a battery power pack, a small series of cords that kind of go over your shoulder and transmit into a, a normal black-looking glove that has a couple straps on it to support the tendons and transmit the power to your fingers during your normal operating paths. Okay. So what is a standard case scenario for the use of this then? What would somebody on the manufacturing floor do with it? So there's a lot of different ways. Ultimately, it's a grasp assist. So the way we've looked at it as we test going forward, it doesn't provide any 
Iron Man type strength. That's not the intended purpose of the device and it's not intended to make everyone a superhero, but it is intended to provide some assist to do some of the functions that maybe you have to do repeatedly over the day or prolonged holding of a, of a tool, for instance. So a great example would be if you have a pistol grip type fastener, uh, like a drill, and you had to hold that basically all day performing a variety of different functions. This glove would basically enable you to reduce the amount of force you needed to hold that tool in your hand, take over some of the load, and let you relax those muscles a little bit over the course of that day. So it would reduce strain and stress for the worker, theoretically improving their productivity as they go throughout the course of the day. Has General Motors done any studies on how it might improve that? So obviously the first and foremost in our, where we really want to look at this is a, an opportunity to reduce the stress on operators and reduce the fatigue that, that develops over time doing the, the type of tasks that they are engaged in on a day-to-day -day basis. Obviously injuries and time away from work are of huge cost for us manufacturing and in the company per se. I mean, direct costs, just having someone go off on sick leave is, are enormous, but when you factor in having to retrain and find individuals to backfill anyone who has to be out off the job, it's enormous and significant. So our focus has been primarily on what can we do to help support the operators on the line to reduce the chance of injuries. So we've been spending the last, I guess it's almost four years, really testing the use of these gloves across several different operations, mostly our general assembly vehicle assembly operations. We have tested them also in a couple of different other sites, including our powertrain, global propulsion system sites, engine assemblies, and really seeing where this glove really finds its sweet spot. So there's some, we're learning an awful lot, learning a lot about the glove on a day-to-day -day basis, but also what operators like and don't like. And there's still a lot of ways to go, but we are getting feedback not only from the operators doing surveys, but we're also working some local universities to quantify what the actual impact, both positive and negative, on the operators while they're doing these tasks. How much penetration into the workforce do you expect there to be from this? Like, I mean, could this become standard? As a standalone, it's very task specific. So one of the difficulties we, we do struggle with is the nature of our work in, in General Assembly is very varied. So we have picking up small components. We're not always just holding a single tool all day, right? We're we're picking up different parts, picking up small connectors, clips, or whatever it may be. And something like the Iron Hand is really designed to be specific in terms of holding tools. So I wouldn't say that by itself it's a silver bullet, but I think there's definitely great opportunities to leverage this kind of technology to help in other industries and also other very specific repetitive cycle type jobs where there's a lot of grasping and holding of objects. Now, you've been testing and investigating other technologies also in the exoskeleton range. Tell us a little bit about those. So this is an enormous growing industry. A lot of, obviously, with technologies growing everywhere and anywhere. A lot of supply base are, are really trying to get their foot in the door. I just sat through a conference a couple of days ago that showed that the number of exoskeleton promotions is accelerating tremendously, and, and we're not even anywhere near the top of the curve. So the one thing that we've really been working on, and we've, we've taken a look of at passive exoskeletons such at, that support the upper limb. So when we have a lot of undercar 
activities where you have to hold your arms above your head for a long period of time during the day, your shoulders can get tired really quickly. And one of the uh, technologies out there is called passive exoskeleton that really supports underneath your elbows with some springs and, and counterweights and really gives you a little bit of uh, support underneath your elbows while you're doing that work. So that's really something we think has some potential benefits and we've gotten some really good feedback from a lot of our team members and uh, it's something we continue to look at. There are tremendous other ones ranging helping support individuals from lifting objects from the floor, so back exoskeleton supports. There's even tools out there called robotic clothing that help people even just maneuver in and out of chairs. We've even actually looked at, quote unquote, the tiniest exoskeleton in the world, which is basically slips on the end of your thumb and enables you to support your thumb while you're actually doing pushing or installing clips with your thumb so you don't have doesn't get bent backwards. So there's a huge, huge range of opportunities and this is both active and passive scenarios and can go all the way into your Iron Man type scenario where you're fully automated and working directly with a co-robot per se. How is the company organized in seeking these and developing them and testing them? Is this a joint operation with UAW, with someone else? How does that work? So right now we're essentially looking at this from our, I call our global ergonomics group, just really as vetting all these potential ideas and developments and looking for ways to continuously improve them. So we're really vetting the technology and, and making sure that we don't expose our operators to anything that could be work, could cause more damage and more harm than good. In that train of thought, we, we do work directly with our union counterparts, both with the UAW and our local UAW counterparts. Because we're all in this to, to reduce injuries, right? So, I mean, they fully support it as we move forward. And we're highly engaged at the beginning to make sure that uh, this wasn't anything other than just trying to reduce injuries in our workplace. Do you have timetables for this working its way into the manufacturing process? So this is a constantly evolving. I don't think we were hoping it could be a silver bullet to solve everything in our plants, but there obviously are a lot of issues that we're working through, not only on the iron hand, but other similar type tools. We have several dozen of these that we have active at any one time in some of our facilities. So it's, it's really just a testing process right now. And we're actively looking for users who really want to use this going forward. Well, Steve, let me thank you again for taking the time to talk about these ergonomic tools and GM's work in the area. Thanks to everyone for listening to this ASME TechCast. You can listen to other ASME podcasts and TechCasts on Spotify, Anchor, and Stitcher. This is John Kozowatz for Mechanical Engineering Magazine and ASME.org.